Now for a show by a brother and sister who are polar opposites, but who both found a calling running solo businesses. This is the Unfederated Podcast. Hello. Hey, Sarah. Hey, brother. What's happening? Oh, gosh. <laughs> Nothing. Nothing uh, too much here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, can't, can't complain. What are, you, what are you up to? Uh, you know, today, today has been a challenging day, uh, uh, for Rob, the parent. Ooh, my, my precious little daughter can be just a real a-hole sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's one of the parts of her. I love the most. Yeah. <laughs> What'd she do? You know, What'd you she know do? like as a, as a dad, right? Like you want, uh, you want your daughter to be this like strong, independent, um, woman right this girl you know that's like like you know if i if i got to make up her characteristics that's what i would choose for her and she sure is and as great as that sounds on paper when you parent her sometimes you just want her to be like you know this uh obedient simple-minded <laughs> like, <laughs> you know stop being so smart a, a, a little bit dumb <laughs> dim-witted maybe is a good yeah, you know, yeah. docile yeah. yeah just go with the flow you know don't question everything but that's not what we got. So I'm I'm glad she's you know we're recording this fairly late in the evening. I'm glad she's asleep. I'm glad I'm done with her for the day. Yeah, yeah. That's um, <laughs> I had a friend visiting this weekend. Um, Kristen from uh, growing up, we've been friends for like 25 years now. <laughs> um, and so we were we were getting to talk about that. Um, and one of our friends told her. The, the amount of money you need to make in order to uh, pay for childcare, you know, like if you have a situation where the amount of money you make is similar to what you're paying for childcare. Our friend was like, if you are making $1 more than you're paying on childcare, you take the childcare because <laughs> being with kids 24-7 is terrible. <laughs> yeah. Ne- neither my wife nor I, like, I mean, you know, uh, bless the people who choose to do that because it's, it's no walk in the park. Um, but we, that is not, that's, that's not us. Uh, I did have an interesting interaction the other day, uh, yesterday, I think, um, that made me think about us, uh, like, uh, you and I, the show, this community, uh, I was meeting, um, with a friend of mine who was about to, um, she's about to do some traveling and her, uh, she was having an interaction with a coworker as we were meeting and, and essentially like, it was this thing where the coworker, uh, who I think was m- maybe her superior, like, you know, her direct report or whatever, but was, was like, hey, you're about to go to town. Just like, like cl- you know, shut your computer, like sign off, check out, like we'll see you Monday, the kind of thing, you know, right? And she's like, oh, I really want to get this thing done. I want to get this wrapped up. We got to get some progress on this. And like it reminded me, it stuck out to me because that was exactly who I was when I worked um, and tra- I was traditionally employed. But it's funny because like, who cares? Like not your company, not money you're going to make, you know, but right? like this, this <laughs> mentality of like, hey, I had to take vacation days, but like for some reason I'm going to spend those vacation days doing work. Like 
it is it was so ingrained. I mean, that was me, man. That was totally me. Like that was that was me too. But you're so right. I mean, from my perspective, listening to you say that, I was like, well, who cares? <laughs> yeah, like and it, it yeah. stuck out to me because like I remember my wife saying similar things to that to me. Like, and she's been self employed longer, and I was just like, well, you you know, you don't understand. But like now that I'm outside of whatever that is, like I I don't think think. Thankfully, I don't understand either, you know, and it was, it was so bizarre to me because I mean, yes, while I work on vacation now, I will cause I have to. And because I actually get paid for it, like, you know, it makes a difference. Um, yeah, it directly impacts you. You know, who used to say the same thing to me with uh, my dad, he would say like, they'd fire you tomorrow if it suited them. he'd said that a lot and it'd always be a little chilling yeah um but it's true uh you know kind of it was the right encouragement he's been self-employed though so i think that we're coming up with a theme (laughs) yeah that's yeah it it was just it was kind of bizarre to me because i felt like uh, my eyes had been opened a little bit to that and that notion i actually wrote an article a couple years ago about the lies we believe about full-time employment and one of the things um, was I, I called it blue collar overtime, um, white collar overtime. Sorry, because blue collar overtime you actually get like you get paid, paid for you know double. But like yeah. white collar overtime, are you going to get paid? Maybe. When? I uh, will find out through next review. How much? Well, I don't know. I can't really tell you that now. But then we do it, and like we like as traditional employers or employees, we're paying into this account that we don't ever get any influence on whether it gets paid out. You know, like we're building up this credit balance. Anyways, I, you know, it just, it, I was like, whew, all right. Like, you know, I went into the meeting or our, our coffee together, like kind of stressed about some stuff in, in my small world. <laughs> and then like I kind of, I left thinking, man. And then I had to sit in five o'clock traffic in Chattanooga, which is nothing compared to most big cities, but I don't have to do that anymore. And I was like, what is this? Why do people do this to yeah. themselves? <laughs> so, this is, yeah, it was just um, archaic brutality when you're not used to it. Yeah, so I much know. so. As a, it was a snow day today, and um, Denver Public Schools let out at one, um, and nobody went into the office because why would you bother with like driving through the snow and traffic and and that if you didn't have to? But most people have to. It's just <laughs> um, really nice when you don't have to, uh, for sure. Yeah. Gosh. So um, I had some in law. My in laws came to town. Not long ago, um, two two weekends ago, we've actually had family in town for the last five weekends. So, yeah, um, that's a lot. That that's is a, a lot. lot. I was yeah. thinking the same thing. Um, yeah. It's, I mean, it's been great, but like, it's just a lot in a short amount of time. Um, but yeah, so my um, father in law is who's who's also an attorney, much like yourself, but is probably very similar, very similar, very similar. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, the more time you spend with him, the more you might want to, you know, qualify that. But uh, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. He is like the oldest, uh, like practicing, I mean, not old, like age wise, but he's been a freelancer longer than anyone I know. Right. Um, so like he's almost 80, but like, he's been a self-employed attorney, like, like since the beginning, you know, like for like 50, 60 some odd years. And, um, so anyways, he, we were just uh, chit-chatting while he was in town and he, uh, offered a piece of advice as, as, um, you know, 
uh, folks his age are prone to do. And, uh, and I thought it was interesting. So I thought, I'd, I thought we could talk about it today. Ooh, what'd he say? He said, he was asking how my business was going and we were, we were chatting about that. And he was like, one, one piece of advice. And I, yeah. Okay. He was like, at the end of each year, fire your worst client. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love that. It's catchy. It's like draconian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he was like, you don't have to think too long about who, who it is. Like you'll know who it is. But he was like, you know, you don't want to start the year thinking like it, like going out like that. You know what I mean? Like it's a, it's a kind of a hard way, like conceptually, it, it's a hard way to think about starting a year, like firing one of your clients. Um, just because it's like, there's revenue that you're, you're dismissing, but he's like, you know, there's always one that kind of needs to go and it's just a good rhythm to, to like get them off your back and leave room for like what's ahead and, and hopefully bigger and better things. And I was like, huh, you know, that's, that's not a terrible, <laughs> you know, so, sometimes he and I don't see eye to eye on things this time. I was like, well, well said, huh? So what would you, I mean, how do you think that would have like called your client base? Do you think if you had been doing that in the last couple of years, you might have a different looking client base? Yeah. I, um, you know, I just finished year two of this, right? So like I, I perhaps, uh, it's a little early for that, but I, I think as I have gotten, we've talked about these seasons, right? There's a season of like, just take work that pays and like build your, you know, fill up your plate. And then once you get to the place where your plate is full, then you can start pruning work. You're not excited about to make more room for work you are excited about and, and how difficult that transition period is. I think that's harder than getting more work, you know? But, um, I think once your plate is full and you're going through your season like that, you can become complacent a little bit and, you know, you'll get a client that like sneaks up on you. Um, like a client that, you know, everything was presented as though it wasn't going to be a lot of work, but maybe it was, it's turned into a lot more than you were expecting. Um, or like maybe you've just gotten lazy on like the managing expectations or the, you know, like things have just kind of gotten a little sideways and you haven't put the time into like correcting that yet. And that represents like, some friction or some conflict or even more time in a situation where you feel like you're already spending more time on that client than you want to kind of thing, you know? And, and so I think like a reset with that client is, is probably not a bad idea. And, and maybe that's an annual thing. Maybe that's a good, you know, time frame in which you just say, okay, as like, as I'm winding down the year, this is, this is not a client I'm super excited to have. Um, yeah. I mean, I th you know, ideally you, get an opportunity with a new, better client. And you can kind of do that on the fly throughout the whole year, you know, but I think at some point it just becomes, you know, the path of least resistance is just to keep carrying on. And then you find yourself in a situation you're not super excited about. I like that. I think the slightly less uh, severe approach is wise, like at the end of the year to fire or, you know, have tough conversations with your worst client to make them not so bad or reprice, you know, to make them, and um, that's a good time to change, you know, up your rates a lot so that your bad client becomes a decent client by virtue of how much money you're making. <laughs> so. Yeah. And I, I think that's a great, like, um, I think the, the follow-up question of this is like, okay, well, how, how do you do that? You know, <laughs> 
and and I think that's certainly price is certainly one of those things, you know, and that's one that you don't necessarily have to have like a super great relationship with the client to do, you know. Uh, I think if you have a good relationship, another is is just having a frank conversation with them that says, you know, hey, when we started, we were talking about this, and now we're doing this. Like, you, you know, like uh, we need to adjust how we're doing this. Um, but uh, that takes some understanding, you know. And some people are just kind of like, you know, screw you. Like, that's not my problem. That's your problem, right? Um, and so it requires a little bit of empathy, but, um, but then the price like when things renew or maybe you just have like a, a rate change that you notify them in, that's, that's certainly one that, um, a good way to approach that. That's, I think it, it would become across if you did fire them, um, way less personal by virtue of it being an end of the year thing as well. So instead of it being like June and things have been tense and come to a boiling point for one reason or another, and you say, I can't work with you anymore. You can say, you know, Hey, balancing book of business. And it looks like we're going to be moving a different direction. So letting you know that, um, ending your representation, but happy to provide you referrals for other service providers in January one. And it just seems more like strategic (laughs) and dispassionate, which, I think would be helpful. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a good reset. And usually folks are busy then too. So, um, you know, it might not be as like, might not fills out of the blue or, you know, like a, like a, uh, swift kick <laughs> in that situation. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I, I think in my own personal situation, I've had a few of the, like a few of those clients that would qualify for that, that I've, been able to just kind of part ways with, um, through other means, you know, like it not have, not have to come to that. Um, but I, I've felt myself just more so in the last, you know, four or five months, I've I've been dealing with that more where I have like one or two clients where I I really need to be, as I've gotten busy, I, I should have been more proactive on managing that, you know, whatever that is about the particular client. And I just haven't, um, and it's, it's easier to go do something else, right? Um, yeah. It's I also, I mean, I'm in a position and I know some of my colleagues are in analogous positions right now with a client. I'm, this is really the first time it's happened for me where I have a client who needs a lot of help um, and hasn't been able to pay me and they need to um, be doing another round of fundraising, which they need legal to do in order to get money to pay me. <laughs> so they're like, I can't stop doing work for them because, <laughs> you know, I'm like at the bottom of a hole, just digging and digging and digging. Um, but in the only way, the only way I might get paid is by continuing to work for them and, and rack up additional costs that may not get paid. Um, and that's not an uncommon, unfortunately, situation for service providers to find themselves in. Um, especially with big clients who are not as sensitive to um, cash flow issues. Uh, I have a colleague who has a really big client and they just have, you know, net 90 or something. And so at any given time, she's kind of walking on uh, eggshells because she's got a lot of money out the door <laughs> that she's waiting on getting paid for. And she, you know, wants to keep working for the the big client um, because they're a huge generator, but there's just so much more risk there. So 
long story short, if you're in a situation like that, where you're kind of still not leaving the poker table, (laughs) you know, then maybe the end of the year is a helpful cutoff for, okay, you know, this is when I just have to call my losses and start fresh with the new year because uh, I can't work for free forever. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, when I think about the things that make clients good or bad, certainly getting paid is, is on that list and the timeliness of getting paid is on that list. And, um, you know, thinking about what, which of my clients would fit this mold of taking this advice. Um, I occasionally have the client that everything's just more, um, what's a good word to describe it? Um, more complicated than it needs to be. You know, like uh, I had a client uh, reach out to me on a Saturday uh, recently that was like, hey, we need you to do this thing. You know, I'm sorry to bother. I'm sorry to bother you. But like it like Like right now on a Saturday. Yeah. I need like this this um, as uh, and this is like such a small nuanced thing of what I do. So this is frustrating from that perspective anyways. But it was like, hey, this post has done really well. We want to boost it. Like, okay, I don't I don't know why this requires me to do it. But like, whatever. So went boosted it. Fine. Like, and that's again, text messages of like, Hey, um, it, it looks weird the way, like we didn't, we didn't want it to be an, uh, you know, show up as an ad. We wanted to show up as just like, you know, to keep all the organic likes and shares and stuff. I'm like, well, that's okay. And, and, oh, but we also wanted to just show it in this one state. Well, okay. You know, like all of a sudden there's 15 layers of complication to this that like it, some of my clients know to just ask for all that on the front end and I'll just do it. And it's, it's one thing, but now like this thing has gone from like small favor to critical. We need you to make changes, all the stuff we just asked you for, <laughs> you know, and it's, it's like uh, publicly out there wrong right now. And, we, and it's now become time sensitive, you know, and, and it's like some clients uh, in my experience have just have a niche of, of, to be that way, you know, like I don't, I, I've tried to like manage it. And the fact that like, you know, if I was sitting at my computer, maybe I would have thought like, Hey, I'm going to go ahead and ask the three or four questions I need to ask before I do anything. But you know, I wasn't, I was mowing the yard. <laughs> I was sitting there like with my elbow holding the thing that like, if you let go would turn the mower off <laughs> and like, and typing with my thumbs, you know? And, and so like, I wasn't thinking about that stuff cause it was Saturday morning, you know? Um, and so I don't know, there's always, uh, I've, I've frequently had clients, you know, over the years, especially in the agency world where I didn't have the, the, the autonomy to choose my clients that just have the, have this aura about them where things just tend to be a little more complicated than they need to be. Do you, do you regret, like, should you have said, sorry, I'll, I like, I'm out of pocket right now, but I'll get to it Monday. Yeah. Um, I had thought the, my biggest regret more was, which is not as extreme was like, I should have just finished mowing the yard, (laughs) you know, like, and gone in and, and like, quote unquote, gone back to the office and sat down and like, and dealt with it, uh, with my full attention. You know, the fact that I only dealt with it with partial of my part of my attention in an effort to try to be timely and whatever actually and accommodating. Yeah. yeah. kind of made things worse, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's situations like that, that I feel like I, I'm faulting because I'm lacking the self-discipline to say, no, I'll do this when I can, you know, give it my full attention or when it's appropriate, you know? 
Yeah, I had I had something similar happen uh, the weekend before last where it was a huge, huge, huge document that would have cost like $100,000 in legal fees at a big firm um, that uh, was turned around within 72 hours um, and sent out like seconds before the person who needed it got on a phone uh, or got on a plane to go to Germany. So it was just like all day Saturday, back and forth, back and forth, and back and forth. And I was, I was proper, you know, a laptop uh, like up at the, at you know, sitting down, drinking coffee, working exclusively, but with the time crunch and um, I had somewhere to be. I actually had a business lunch on Saturday too. So I had somewhere to be and all of that um, resulted in, in someone responding and saying this, this one sentence in the 60 page document needs to be revised. <laughs> so, which had I you know taken uh, more time, I might have caught, I probably wouldn't have actually, cause it was information that I didn't know. So it's kind of hard, but um, somebody would have caught it. <laughs> somebody who knew, um, it's just tricky. It's really tricky to deal with the accommodating clients and getting, really good. I feel like at the end of a document that I create like that it, on in the footer, it should say created in 72 hours right. <laughs> and yeah. submitted on a Saturday under extreme deadline pressure, you know? <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent. Cause once it's out there in the world, you know, the, the same expectations apply to it, that apply to the rest of your, your work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's one of those challenges. And, and, you know, I think, I don't know. I think in situations like that, you can spend for for the right kind of client, you can spend an awful lot of time trying to reset things and make things good, you know. And and that's time that you know some clients you can salvage that right. Like it's just a misunderstanding, and you can get things back on a good track. And then some yeah. clients, I think this advice kicks in, and you just say, "Hey, like you know, that's <laughs> just." I'm just, it's not worth my time to try to fix this. You know, if I got it fixed, it's no prize. Uh, it's, it's revenue and it's hard to say no to revenue, but, um, you know, uh, I guess it's just the wisdom behind knowing when it's right to, <laughs> when it's right to hold them and when it's time to fold them. You yeah, know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it is exactly that. Like it probably, <laughs> I think uh, the Saturday thing, once I got into it, I realized, oh, this is way, way too big for what we're attempting to accomplish here. Um, and it would have been a reasonable uh, time to say, all right, cut it. <laughs> Re- reestablish expectations. I thought this was, um, it involved incorporating a ton of accounting documents into a, um, yes, like describing them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's so hard yeah yeah <laughs> like write three paragraphs describing these financial statements <laughs> that takes so much time <laughs> you and i have talked about this in the past because we kind of differ on this and i think some of it is due to the nature of our, our work but like i when i try really hard to not let someone else's problem become my problem you know, and, and like to some degree, you could argue that's the nature of what you do, right? Like, you know, you're looking for someone with a problem that you can help them with. And, and for me, some of these situations, these like Saturday morning crisis kind of things is because someone else, it, you know, someone else dropped the ball. Right. And, and so I'm very reluctant to, unless I'm just 
it's super convenient for me. Um, even then it's often comes at a, at a cost. I'm really reluctant to, to let them put that monkey on my back, you know? Yeah. Like, not, uh, not your circus. Yeah. Not your monkey. Yeah. A hundred percent that, you know? And, uh, like I said, if I do, I usually will try to figure out a way to frame it as like a premium, not because I'm trying to take advantage of someone that's in a bad spot, but just because I know that there's a lot more behind that door, you know, and when I open it, like if it already, if, if it reeks of that before I even get to it, you know, like I know once, once I start to dig into the project, there's going to be plenty more where that came from. And, uh, so yeah, With, I think also setting expectations and then first is wise. Like I've started being able to say like, if, if it's really urgent, I'll try to find some time to tend to it this weekend, but otherwise I'll get to it first thing Monday. And then when you do it on Saturday, people are stoked. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you've made it happen. Yeah. And, yeah. and I don't want to work on a Saturday or a Sunday or on vacation unless people are going to be grateful, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, like it, it can be a really, really good moment for uh, client development. And to make people feel like you're a member of the team. Right. Yeah. That's a good point. That's a good point. And I think the, you know, my mowing situation was one that like, I, you know, I did it and I felt like I was looking for some of that. Oh, thank you so much for doing this on a Saturday. And what I got was like, oh, hey, like you, you, criticism, I, criticism. Yeah, criticism. you did this wrong. And it's for reasons that you couldn't have possibly known, you know. And it's like, ah, okay, so now I'm doing it twice and still like, you know, uh, feeling like this better be appreciated, <laughs> um, which it may or may not, you know, um, and clients that you have big relationships with, it's it, like, you know, there's going to be seasons of that. Like if you've been working with someone for a couple of years, like fine, you know, that's every once in a while that's going to happen. But, um, but if it's in particular one that you just don't have that, that, you know, legacy relationship with, you're just like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you're like, I'm going to put them on my list to maybe fire in December. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm thinking of, uh, who's the guy on, um, is it happy Gilmore that has the list of people to kill? And he, yeah. And he <laughs> marks like, it off. Where's the lipstick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, thinking of that as like, I, I need just a list that I, <laughs> a running list that I keep throughout the year. Um, yeah, that needs to be our show art for today's show. We haven't. I, I like that. Yeah, uh, it's it's the dude from the Big Lebowski, right? Yeah, yeah. In the he's sitting there and he he like. Oh, uh, gosh, what's his name in Big Lebowski? I don't know either. Calls and is like, "Hey, man, I'm sorry for being such a jerk to you." And he's like, "That's okay." And then marks his name off the hit list. Um, that was a good scene. Steve Buscemi. <laughs> That's it, Buscemi. Uh-huh. Oh, gosh, but I don't know what his name is in the Big Lebowski, and it's going to drive me crazy. Quick, let's end the podcast. We have to go watch the Big Lebowski. There's no quicker way. I think you can just Google his name and Big Lebowski, and it'll come up. Not Danny. Well, it says Theodore, but but that's not right. That doesn't sound right. Yeah. Uh, Okay, we're going to find – yeah, Theodore Donald? No way. Okay, well, that was no way. Oh, be on they my call list. him Donnie. You're right. Not Donnie. Danny. It's, it's Donnie. Donnie. Yeah. All right. Because I remember um, uh, uh, dude yelling at him when they're bowling about everything. He's just constantly the one that's getting, getting yelled at by uh, the guy from Roseanne. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This, <laughs> All right, we're going to end this. <laughs> this, is, this is bowling. This isn't NOM. There are rules. Uh, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, yeah. Yep. 
Um, yeah. So I think that's a, that's a good takeaway. I would, I would give your in-law advice on this point, two thumbs up. Although I will use that advice as an excuse probably to not fire clients until December, which may or may not uh, end well if over half of my uh, billable hours never collect this year. I will be writing a strongly worded note to your (laughs) father-in-law, typing it on my typewriter Uh and sending it to his secretary to review. I listened to this podcast and (laughs) they quoted you. Um, No, I, yeah, I agreed. And, and then there's certainly like constraints to this. Like if your book of business is a certain level mature, you know, you played as full and all that kind of stuff. But I, I, you know, I've talked about in the past that like when I first started doing freelance, I was going to just subcontract for other agents, agencies, you know, cause I didn't, I quote unquote, didn't enjoy working with clients. And like I turn, it turns out I don't mind working with clients. I just didn't like working with, the, you know, a certain set of clients that I didn't have any choice in. And now that I have autonomy to, you know, to the point you just made, like, I don't necessarily have to wait to the end of the year, you know, like if, if something sucks and like I can, and the, the accounting behind it, the economics of it makes sense, like set yourself free, you know? Yeah, I would agree with that. And it's, it's like plants, you know, you have to cut them back to have them grow better. So probably making that an annual occurrence is easier than constantly redoing that analysis in your mind. Yeah, maybe that's a good reminder to to uh, to prep your spouse on. Like, hey, if I complain about someone enough, you need to remind me that it's time to old yeller them. You know? Yeah, old yeller them. Whoa. <laughs> Anyways, good chatting with you. Good talking to you, brother. All right, next week. See, you, talk to you then. All right, see it. Bye. You can find show notes from this episode at unfederated.studio. And if this podcast has helped you in your journey, say thanks by rating and reviewing the show in Apple Podcasts.